Any I'm going to call to order the meeting of the Senior Center Commission on Thursday, December 16th, 2021. We're starting at 4.07 p.m. Um, and let's go ahead and do introductions. There's people in the audience. So this would be beneficial to start on this end and work our way down. Paula Vaughn. I'm Angela McConville, the Senior Center Commission Chair this year. I'm Zach Goldsmith. How you doing? Latasha Deloach, staff. Lorraine Dorfman. Kristen Crumry, staff. I'm Kelly Schneider. I'm the Johnson County Mobility Coordinator. Thanks. All right. We're going to start off by um, approving the minutes of the November 18th, 2021 meeting. Does anybody have any edits that they would like to recommend to those minutes before we move on to the vote? Anybody? All right. Anything, Paula? Would somebody like to move to approve the minutes? I move I'll that move. we. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I move that we approve the minutes as written. And second. I'll second. Thank you, Lorraine. Um, uh, anybody or if you approve the minutes, say aye. 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 Anybody say nay? Not approve. All right. It passes. We're really good at this, sorry. <laughs> item agen agenda item number three is public discussion for items not on the agenda. Are there any members of the public that would like to approach the group and discuss anything that's not listed? All right, then we're gonna go ahead and move on. Uh, we have invited my friend Kelly Schneider, the mobility coordinator at Johnson County, to talk to us about mobility and transportation and transit and how to get here to the senior center and the options in our area. Um, this has been on a, a thing that we've discussed as a group several times um, in the last few months. Uh, it's an ongoing issue, especially with some of the parking places uh, closed at the part on the parking ramp next to us and you know parking and getting here and being safe as a senior is on the forefront of our conversations all the time so welcome kelly hi everybody <laughs> thanks for having me all right, so as Angela mentioned, I am the mobility coordinator, so I am tasked with connecting people with transportation resources in the area. Um, <clears throat> this is my first in public meeting where everybody's been masked, so I do just need to disclose that I have hearing loss, so I read lips. Um, we have a great uh, audio system here, so if you have questions, I may just need you to lead into the mic a little bit there for me. Um, if not, uh, we should be able to figure out. Uh, so moving along forward, um, I work for Johnson County in the social services department. So I'm um, right around four and a half years in position. So I feel like I've gotten a good understanding of uh, the transportation benefits here in our community and what's changed and then what works for seniors. All right, some of the different things that I can do is help people identify what's on the bus routes, um, how to plan a trip, how to apply for discounts, how to ride the bus, use transit technology, and all kinds of other things. So up first of what I wanted to talk about today was uh, the great opportunity that Iowa City Transit and Coralville Transit offer for seniors. So 65 and older can ride our public transit fixed route systems for free any time of the day. So 
Um, those of you that are on the other side of the room, I'll go ahead and read this out to you. Um, if you are a Corville or a North Liberty resident, if you take proof of ID to your city hall, they can issue you the Corville Transit Senior Pass, which is pictured below. It says C Pass on there. Um, that pass is a pass that has a smart chip in it. So when you jump on the bus and you approach the fare box, you just tap that on the bullseye and then you can go on your way. You can use that um, between the Iowa City buses and the Coralville buses. And then Iowa City Transit has their program where you can show your ID to an Iowa City bus driver that says that you're 65 and older and they'll let you board for free. Um, so those discounts are offered any time of the day. Uh, right now those two systems are operating their services Monday through Saturday. Um, so that's one of the great ways to get to the senior center that I wanted to talk about a little bit today. Um, Angela asked me to put together a few mock-ups of what it would be like to come to the senior center riding the bus. So let's say you're 65 and you want to utilize your free discount, what it would look like to get here. Um, so the first example that I have showed is the bus stop that is at the Coralville Lantern Park Hy-Vee. So this is the original Coralville Hy-Vee. There is a bus stop on either side of the street there, one for going downtown and one for coming back. This route is served by three different Coralville routes, uh, 5th Street, night and Saturday. And those services run Monday through Friday, um, about 6 a.m. through midnight, and then Saturday, 7.30 through 8 p.m. Um, the trips, if you were to board here, so let's say you lived in this part of Coralville and that was the nearest stop for you, the trips to downtown would take about 25 to 22 minutes, and the trip home is a little bit longer, around 40 minutes, and it just depends on the time of the day that you're riding. Uh, so this is one of the opportunities to get into the center for free. Where the Coralville bus lets you off is just a three to two minute walk from here. Um, at the intersection of Clinton and Washington Street. So you are lined up to get to the center here pretty quickly. Um, and it's a great opportunity to just bypass the parking structure and get here for free. So, any questions about what that trip would look like from the public or commissioners? Okay. All right, now we're gonna jump on to the other side of town and I've got the intersection of Sandusky and Taylor pulled up, they're circled. There is a Iowa City Transit stop there on either side of that intersection, one for getting to downtown and then one for coming on the way back. That is served by Route 1, the South Iowa City route. And that service runs Monday through Friday, 6.50 a.m. to 9.50 p.m. and then Saturday, 7.20 to 6.20 p.m. That is a quick trip to get downtown uh, to very close to where we're at. It's only about 21 minutes to get there and then 15 minutes to get home. So uh, pretty close and then as we just mentioned, that bus will let you off there at Clinton and Washington Street and then you're just a hop, skip and jump from the center. Um, so that is definitely my favorite way to get to the Senior Center. Um, and we have Mark Rummel from City Transit in uh, the audience today that can talk a little bit more about um, the Iowa City routes. But Mark, I do believe the Route 1 runs on a 30-minute interval now all day long. So um, any 30 minutes that you're at that stop or you're ready to go back home, you should be able to catch the bus. So there's definitely great frequency there. 
Okay, here is a pre-pandemic picture here of when I used to take larger groups out on the bus. Um, now I reserve my travel training for small, small, small groups or really just for individuals. So travel training is a service that I offer for individuals that would like to become independently um, independently learn how to travel on the fixed route buses. So what this means is I can jump on the bus with them and show them the ropes. Um, I just took a gentleman out today and his goal was to learn how to ride to the University of Iowa Hospital. So we rode the bus there and he could see all the other sites that are along the way. Um, that's one of the best ways to get to know uh, the community is just looking out the window of the bus. Um, if somebody doesn't want that level of service, that's okay. That's always available to seniors. I'm always available to ride with them. Um, but I can also help them identify what routes they live on, what time the bus comes to the stop near them, um, and all that good stuff, and figure out how to get to the center. Okay. So that's riding the fixed route bus. I did want to take some time to talk about some of the door-to-door -door, uh, services here. Um, so this door-to-door -door meeting, you get picked up uh, at your front door and then arrive to the door of the senior center. So those options look like using Johnson County seats. So Johnson County seats has two different types of transportation that we're gonna talk about today that are very similar, but there's different classifications on who's eligible. So the first one that I'm gonna talk about is paratransit. Paratransit is a um, service that was born out of the Americans with Disabilities Act that says if you have a disability that prevents you from boarding, riding, or getting to the fixed route bus, you can apply to use a paratransit service. Paratransit service would offer you door-to-door -door service at the same times that the fixed routes are offered. So going back to those slides before, any time that the bus was running for you in your area, you could also use the paratransit service as well. So this does take, take an application. Um, as you can see here, the photo shows that the, uh, the paratransit bus is accessible. Um, there is a driver helping this gentleman get on the bus. Uh, the buses that we did talk about before all also do have um, uh, no stairs and they have a ramp. So if you need to accessible entrance to the fixed route buses, those also exist too. So when you apply for paratransit, um, you're going to apply to the city that you live in. So if you live in Coralville you're, or North Liberty, you're applying with Coralville Transit. Iowa City residents are applying with Iowa City Transit. University Heights is applying with City of University Heights. Once that application is turned in, um, there is a 21-day processing period, and then um, in the application, there's an assessment, right? So it's going to look at the rider's abilities to ride, board, or get you the fixed drop buses. Um, once that determination is made, you can start using that SEEDS paratransit service, which is the door-to-door -door service. And we'll talk a little bit more here in the next slide or two about what it looks like to book a ride for paratransit. But first, we need to talk about Johnson County SEEDS rural service. 
so not to be confused with paratransit. The vehicles are used interchangeably. Uh, rural service is eligible uh, service that anybody in the green area of the county photo there can use. So in the gray is our urbanized area, right? So that's Iowa City, Coralville, North Liberty, um, and University Heights. In the green is all the other areas that are eligible to use seats rural transportation. Seats rural transportation is available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. And you are considered eligible just based on your address. So if you live in such and such Oxford, Iowa, you can call seats um, <laughs> and schedule your ride between 7 a.m. and 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. Um, and that is the cost of a $2 one-way fare. All right, any questions about those so far? Okay. So booking those rides. So while the eligibility looks a little bit different, requesting the rides is very similar. There's two standard ways of doing that. First things first, you can call seats. So you can call seats and um, request your ride a day prior. Um, same day requests can be made, but it is um, obviously based on the availability of the drivers and the fleet. Um, you can schedule up to two weeks in advance. When you call, you're going to need your name, your pickup address, where you're going, maybe how long you expect to be there, when the trip is happening, and if you have a personal care attendant attending with you. Um, and then, of course, they'll want to know if you have any mobility devices that they'll need to plan for, such as cane, walker, wheelchair, any of those things. Um, then, once you've gotten all those details established, the operator will give you a 30-minute pickup window of when they will come to get you. Um, so that's the call-in way. Seats also now has the Amble app. The Amble app is a smartphone app that you can use to manage your trips. So if you call Seats and you tell them that you would like to start booking your rides via the Amble app, they can set, help you set up a profile. That way, um, the next time that you plan your trip, you can use a smartphone or a tablet. So those are some of the different ways to do that. So now I think up we have uh, the next service here that I wanted to talk about is fairly new. Um, this is for um, seniors 16 and older. So Abbey Health Aging Services has expanded their transportation services to um, help seniors 60 and older get to medical appointments and essential errands in Johnston County. So 60 and older can use the free service between Monday and Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, the phone number is listed there and as well as the website link if you would like to apply for those services. And again, this is something that as a mobility coordinator, I can help any senior navigate um, and learn how to use. Um, so this is a really great service that just started uh, probably about a few months ago. All right, now we've got a shout out to North Liberty Transportation Assistance Program, which I'm sure you guys are pretty familiar with. Um, not too long ago, I think you've got two years under your belt? Yeah, we started right before the pandemic. Okay. 2019. Okay. Gotcha. So this is for North Liberty uh, residents that do not have a vehicle, uh, have financial dif difficulty, or are disabled. Uh, if you meet any of those qualifications, you can apply to use the Yellow Cab of Iowa City program where you can get a dollar ride. Um, 
using the Yellow Cab of Iowa City service. Um, these services are open for residents 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, and then Saturday 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Destinations include other transit stops. So if you wanted to get to that Coralville Hy-Vee that we talked about, or perhaps the Coral Ridge Mall to board a bus, you could do that. You can get to medical offices, pharmacy, grocery, pantry, the rec center, the library, laundromat, government offices, banks, and then special requests can be approved by Angela McConville. So if you have a destination that's not listed there, uh, Angela over there could uh, see if she can make that happen. And the Senior Center has always been on my list of places that I would like to expand just that blanket um, approval list to. So I keep bugging, you know, my superiors to add that. So. I think we point. can sneak under government offices since we're a government department. I know, we could consider. So government offices, according to NLTAP, is, you know, the city offices for North Liberty and then federal and county offices. So mm. Or if, like, somebody needed Iowa to come is not to the county building, right? They can come to the county building. Yeah. That's approved. Mm. But, yes, we got to get us on there. They can't have, like, a stopover while on their way to the county building or... <laughs> I like to make things simple. Remember, we have like nine different dispatchers that they have to know all the information, like, you know, 45 cab drivers. So just yeah. having everybody on the same page and not making it complicated for them is really nice. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Kelly, for the shout out. Sure. This you is betcha. Op so open for North the Liberty residents only, though. So. Yeah, and I feel like um, a good handful of your card holders are seniors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A good yeah. number of people are seniors. And what's nice about this program is it kind of allows people to have independence so that they can choose not to drive. So they get to, people get to a point where they keep their car because they want the independence. They want to be able to go, you know, they don't want to rely on their kids or their friends. Um, but once you know, I onboard them to this program, they're like, well, I don't even really need to, this is, takes care of all the places I need to go. So kind of makes the road safer <laughs> for everybody too, right? Um, and especially, you know, a lot of our seniors don't like to drive when it's dark. So if you're returning home from a doctor's mm -hmm. appointment and it's dark, you know, this is, you're not having to drive then, so. That's great. For grocery stores and library, is it any grocery store or is it only ones nope. in Iowa City? There's four Me approved grocery North. stores. It's the, the closest ones to North Liberty. So North Liberty okay. Fairway, Coralville, uh, Aldi, Coralville Walmart, and Cross Park Road. Hi, gotcha. Yeah, this is one of the many okay. things I do in North Liberty. All right, thank <laughs> you for helping elaborate on that. Yeah. Thank you, Kelly. Okay, so next up, is uh, Trail of Johnson County, which some of you may know of because they actually use space here in the Senior Center. Mm -hmm. uh, so Trail is a nonprofit organization that is, uh, their goal is to help seniors age in their homes and in place. So the acronym stands for Tools and Resources for Active Independent Living. Um, so Trail Membership can get you um, a variety of services. Their most requested service, should be no surprise to you guys, is transportation. Um, 
So there's no limit to how many transportation requests you can ask for, um, but it is volunteers that would be providing that service for you. So once you've signed up for trail, um, you can call them and say, all right, I need to get to the senior center and I want to go to a program that's on Friday. Um, provide them with your address and how long you'd like to be at the center and they will solicit that information to volunteers and see who's eligible to take your trip. They have a wonderful network of volunteers and I believe um, a lot of their requests are able to be fulfilled through that. Um, so as I mentioned with the membership, uh, TRAIL does offer uh, supported rates so that low-income individuals are able to um, access their service for as low as $10 a year. Um, so if somebody's at the lowest income tier for them, which is $18,300, um, that would look like $10 a year from them. A uh, couple jumps up for that, $24,000, and again, these are single um, households, $24,375 would be $150 a year. And then the last discount that they offer is um, for single individuals at 30450 a year, they would pay $300 for the service. So uh, in addition to transportation, uh, volunteers can also do daily check-ins. So this is really helpful for seniors that maybe don't have a nearby support system, but would like to uh, maintain um, social communication. Uh, that's a great way to do that. Uh, they offer um, light handy person assistance. So if there's handy work that needs done in your home, that may be something they can help with. Uh, medical advocacy, so that would be you know, if you need somebody to attend your appointment to help you ask questions or uh, maybe take notes for you, that's a service that they can also provide. Um, and then house checks when you're away. So let's say you plan to be gone all of next week and you need somebody to come by and water your plants. I imagine Trail can get creative and have volunteers help you with that. Okay. Um, and that really um, finishes up what I had to talk about today, um, other than trail having uh, their director, Bob Umteed, who's just a couple floors up from where we're at here. Okay, any questions? There's also RSVP in Johnson County, although yes. that group is kind of in flux right now. So as they're looking for a new Yes, I apologize. I that thought I had them on here. Yeah, so thank you for mentioning that. Yes, the um, for seniors, there is a volunteer program through the United Way, which is called RSVP. Um, that volunteer program is completely free. Uh, they have their own network of volunteers that can help seniors get to medical appointments. Um, and I believe, yes, that service is strictly medical. Oh, so there, that so wouldn't be I an option them for <laughs> being able to access the senior center, but it is definitely a good service for seniors to know about. And I think that's all I really needed to talk about for now. Does anybody have any questions for Kelly? I had a question. I wanted to wait till you were done going through all the options, um, but getting back to the um, city bus issue, it seems to me that um, some areas of town are, are rather disadvantaged now in terms of um, transportation and in terms of bus service. For instance, I live in Manville Heights. That, has been, that route has been discontinued. 
Right. So I believe that one was replaced with a different route, right? The Peninsula route? Yeah. yeah. Um, if he wants to talk, can he jump in on the yeah. microphone up sure. there? Sure. I mean, you're, you introduce you're yourself up next anyway. <laughs> yeah. I apologize. This is... Uh, I'll introduce you. Yeah, guys. So this is Mark Rummel from Iowa City Transit, who can speak the ups and downs of Iowa City Transit quite a bit better than I can. <laughs> oh, Kelly's put me on the spot. I came here to talk about parking, but oh. I can talk about transit. Oh, parking. Uh, sure. No, it's good. all good. Uh, uh, so the Manville Heights area, um, that section of town, um, we do not service that anymore with fixed route transit. Um, it's the <clears throat> the peninsula. Um, is where we go so we'll go all the way down to Butte Street up to uh, um, the peninsula area and uh, we we had to make a few tough decisions when we redid these routes uh, starting in August uh, our main goal and what we heard from uh, a lot of people in all our public outreach um, events uh, surveys and everything else is is uh, uh, more frequent service um, was was a big one Sunday service was obviously a big one for sure uh, but uh, to do that, we currently are fiscally constrained. So to increase service in one area, um, um, we had to make some tough choices and, and reduce some service in some other areas. So as far as the Manville Heights area, the ridership there was, uh, was extremely low. Uh, another contributing factor to that one is just the roads down there are really, really difficult to get through with a bus. Um, uh, it's a really neat uh, area of town. Uh, you know, I, I love it a lot, but to drive a bus through there, especially in the winter time, is a real, real challenge with those tight turns in kind of some narrow streets. So, unfortunately, we did have to um, cut that out of our, our current route system. And there's a couple other spots in town that we had to do similar situations. So really, we're staying more on arterial streets, roads to to increase our speeds and where we're really hoping to see a lot of benefits is this winter with snow removal. It's just so much easier for the buses to travel and safer up and down uh, kind of these major roads. But, but you know, my point is it, it does eliminate one option for older people in that area. Yeah. And there to, are quite a few older people. I live in another section of town up on Kimball Road, and that, that lost a service point too and I, I have neighbors who are elderly who've lost the ability to take the bus now and she, three people I know that no longer get to use the bus in that area and they, they used to use it pretty consistently so yeah. it'd be interesting to look at the 2020 census information and see where people are aging in place here and whether or not it's being serviced or maybe projected routes need to start being you know developed there yeah, I, I mean, the only thing I could really stress is those those uh, kind of, I'll call them non-arterial streets are just such a challenge for us. I mean, I'd love to hit every street in town and we'd love to give everybody a ride, but it's just, it's tough. Has the city sure. ever looked at getting shorter buses? Um, so, I mean, shorter buses are, are an option, but uh, the, the, um, the lifespan of a shorter bus is... Uh, over time, it, it, the cost of a shorter bus will, would actually cost us more um, by the time we're done because the replacement life cycle is a lot shorter. The sure. price on a shorter bus is is, um, is like an equivalent. It, it's price, less, but, but you're talking more drivers too at that point. Um, 
Mm. But you know, it, it's it's possible. I'm not saying it's not possible, but uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's just uh, given where we're at right now, uh, the 40 foot bus which we have now um, is is ideal, and and um, more of these arterial streets are are definitely ideal. Quick Thanks. question: What's the two buses that come right across the street over here? Do you know? So there's a downtown shuttle that runs when the school's in session, mm-hmm. and it kind of loops the downtown area here, mm-hmm. um, and it stops across the street there. And then the other, um, mm, it's, it's a, something outbound. I think it's Is Route it? Nine, the Towncrest route. So town, maybe the court. I think it's court. Well. Boy, I'm sorry. I should know this I off think the top both of my of those head, but. Yeah, it's it's one. I think there's actually two routes that go to the the west side, or the east side of town. Um, I can I can get back okay. to you. Okay, I think one is court. I'm just thinking about my high school days. I think they used to stop there. Yeah, unless that's changed. <laughs> but um, I was just trying to think about. I know that's um, sometimes even that three to four minute walk from you know up there where the buses are mm-hmm. to down here could yep. be. Yeah too far so if we could at least get people to that corner then they just have to get off and just come across the street so that might be an option one other thing we're looking at i've been looking at and i need to do a little deeper search is um when i was in when i travel i visit other senior centers just to kind of see how they're set up and um, lyft has a service in larger urban areas with senior centers of providing rides to senior centers so I'm going to dig into that a little bit more to see if that might be an option. I don't know how people feel about it per se, but at least to dig into it. And that might be something Kelly and I can, you know, touch. Uh, I love that idea. I was Uh, actually, I think you got this article too. Um, There's somebody from a former transit employee that's working with the uh, climate change action plan. I cannot think of his name at the time. He's city staff, but he sent an article about seniors getting rides in electric vehicles. Mm, And I just mm -hmm. think that that's like a creative way to diversify funding and uh, kind of think ahead of the box with uh, senior transportation. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a thought that, you know, if we can get people directly to the front door even. Right. um, And um, I think there's some funding involved in partnership with Lyft, but, um, that gets people right here to the door. So uh, I'll look into it and then maybe I'll touch base with you, Kelly, and, I and, love that idea. and as a, you know, from staff to try to figure out a way to kind of navigate mm-hmm. people getting getting here into the building. Yeah, part of our goal in our, our route study was looking at transportation network companies as uh, you know some alternatives, uh, either for some of that door-to-door service or some of the areas in town where our fixed routes don't run, um, late night service, uh, you know, Sunday service. Um, so, so it's on our radar as well. Um, I just, I don't have a good time frame for you. We, we're still trying to sort of iron out some of these new route changes and, uh, and focus on some Sunday service uh, opportunities that are coming up soon. Up in North Liberty, I've been spending a lot of time looking at microtransit options. Mm-hmm. And I know city of Des Moines or, um, county out there polk county is looking at microtransit as well and i've been working with kelsey up at uh, horizons to kind of see what they're doing and they're um expanding that i think marion city of marion is going to start using that soon so yeah microtransit is kind of the next phase and that might help with some of our door-to-door needs 
Yeah, we've talked to them before too, and it's it's definitely a need, and and we recognize it. We just have to kind of take a few of yeah. these step by step. So. I will speak highly of the new system uh, that with the changes for August. The gentleman that I was working with today lived on the west side in senior housing over there. And with the new frequency, we rode from his house to downtown and then took the walk to the Iowa City Public Library where he signed up for a library card and walked back and the bus was basically pulling around the corner. So that 30-minute frequency just really becomes competitive when you're talking about some of these other services. Um, so I always hear if somebody wants to explore riding the bus, but I do understand it's not for everybody. Yeah, when you have the density, you can do that circuitous service that's predictable. Yeah, yeah. You know. I love opportunities yeah. to get behind or get away from the computer <laughs> and get on the bus. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, we're also here to, to expand on the discussion about transportation to talk about parking. And I know that's why you were I I invited, Mark. Happy oh. to talk about anything. And Kelly, you did <laughs> a great job. Kelly, Kelly does an awesome job for us. She really helps out uh, oh. in a lot of areas. So we really appreciate her help. Oh. Thank you. Awesome. Well, so, yeah, I can talk about yeah. parking unless anybody wants to keep talking about transit. I'm more than happy. Nope. Okay. I just made a few notes. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what everybody wants to talk about. Maybe I'll just give you a quick rundown of where we're at mm -hmm. with the, the Tower Place parking situation. And I might back it up about five months and just give you a quick summary of sort of how we got to this point and, uh, and uh, get you an idea of, of where we're at. So back in uh, late June, early July, we noticed uh, some concrete uh, damage occurring on the rooftop of Tower Place. Um, now to kind of put this in frame, in in uh, um, get you in the right state of mind, we there's concrete damage in all of our ramps. Uh, we have programs in place to take care of them. Uh, trying on, we try to maintain them on a preventive maintenance um, um, schedule. We have consultants that help us kind of evaluate. Um, uh, concrete and and steel that's in the ramps and and brick and everything else, but um, um, so this repair over here was not one that we had scheduled or not one that we had anticipated. Sometimes um, with concrete, there's there's damage that's under the surface that you don't see until it kind of pops up, right? Um, usually, it's related to some type of salt. Uh, road salt coming in that maybe gets through the concrete uh, can deteriorate uh, rebar or other metal that's part of the concrete. Um, a lot of times that will cause cracks or ways for water to get down in the concrete and then when that freezes it expands and it kind of uh, pushes that concrete out. So that's typically what we see is some type of rust corrosion underneath that pops the concrete out and then it's almost like a cavity in your teeth you have to kind of dig it out coat it and then you put new concrete on top for the most part um, so how this one's a, a bit unique um, we saw it uh, delaminated like that uh, kind of keeping an eye on it uh, over a couple weeks this was the end of june beginning of july and um, it was getting a little worse and a little worse. And we had our engineers, our city engineers, um, assisting us with some evaluation on that. Um, and uh, the way it was expanding was concerning. So we blocked the rooftop off, brought in uh, more of a specialist with Shive Hattery here in town. Um, 
we've, as far as the city goes, we've got uh, a great engineering department, but they're not so specialized in kind of this concrete repair. It's sort of a more specialized uh, field. So we brought in um, some other consultants who also brought in some other sub-consultants just to kind of help us sort of evaluate because this, this particular ramp and uh, a couple other ones in town are built a little different. They're, they've got what's called post-tension cables in them. Um, it allows you to use less concrete, but how it does that, that, that concrete is so thick and then there's cables that run in the middle of there and it's stressed on both ends. And um, it, it creates a, a, a really strong, sturdy surface with less concrete than if you were to just pour a straight concrete in there. So, so these have cables in there. And like I said, they're stressed, so there's pressure on them. And what had happened, um, a couple of these cables had shifted a little bit, so they hadn't snapped. And this isn't, this actually isn't rare. I mean, it happens and we've repaired cables like this in other ramps for years and years and years. But this one um, had shifted and it was um, um, damaging the end of this concrete where the end of this cable was. So we were keeping an eye on it, um, kept the cars off there, like I said, brought in the consultants. Um, uh, luckily, uh, Shive Hattery was helping us with uh, some other parking repairs in town at the Capitol Street ramp and Dubuque Street ramp, just scheduled ones that we had. So we brought them over to help us with this initial evaluation. Um, throughout that, we, we put these shore posts in under there. If you've seen the two levels below there, it's just kind of a support. It's kind of a rod you can put under um, to support the levels above. So we had to put those on for two levels below the rooftop just to help support what um, what these cables might have might have been um, aiding with that concrete. Uh, I mean, honestly, with no cars or pedestrians up there, that uh, we weren't really worried about it. But these these shorings just kind of gave a little extra security to make sure that everything was fine up there. So we we got the shoring in place. Um, and the chain link fence up there to, to restrict access so vehicles and, and pedestrians couldn't get up there. For a short time, the senior center skywalk was closed um, until we could get a, look, a better look at the, the site itself, evaluate what was going on, and then it was determined that, uh, oops, hang on a second. Sorry about that. So, uh, so after evaluating, uh, it was determined that we could open the senior center skywalk to the pedestrian access that's open right now, but we still needed the vehicles uh, to not drive on that area of the ramp where those shore posts were in the, the rooftop as well. Um, so given the restrictions we had to put in place in the design of this ramp, which is really a one-way flow ramp, we were able to uh, convert one side of the ramp into a two-way flow to kind of maximize our number of spaces in there. But unfortunately, uh, given the situation where it's at, we are about half of the spaces that we normally would be in that ramp. So. Uh, that was uh, late that summer. We, we essentially just were able to get everything secured up there and get a better sense for what was going on 
with with those um, with that damage the 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 needed maintained. So jump forward to uh, um, the August and September area. That's when, uh, like I mentioned, we had Shive Hattery helping us with some other ramps, but they part of our contract with them did not include this work. So we had to do an amendment to their contract, bring them in, uh, basically legally um, get all the, du the ducks in a row so that we could bring them in to help us uh, proceed with with the repair in there. Unfortunately, that was going, that was taking a little longer than everyone wanted just to, to jump through all the legal hoops and get, uh, get that amendment put in place. So, um, so in September, October was when um, everything was in place and we could, at that point, continue with the evaluation of the ramp itself. And to do that, we take samples of the concrete just to make sure that, um, that it's not some type of corrosion. Like I mentioned, the salt that's in there um, um, that is typically the, the, the issue with that. But we, we took samples of that and they started uh, a, a deeper dive into the, the issues that were going in, on in there. And it was really to allow us to put together a construction package that someone could bid on to fix the project. Um, like I mentioned, these other area, these other uh, repairs that we do on a given year, we've got a plan in place. We've got, uh, we take a year and actually design what needs done over the course of four or five years. So that, that program is in place. This one, we had to kind of push it a little faster just to try and get this construction ready and, um, and done uh, as quickly as we can, but unfortunately, it's taking a while because uh, because of the the repair, um, the, the timing on it just wasn't great. Uh, Shive Hattery already had several projects in place. Our engineers have a lot of projects in place. The sub engineers have a lot of projects in place. So it's really just a matter of of kind of uh, uh, working this in where we can. So so. Um, so the evaluation piece is underway um, as of, uh, so jump forward to about October, um, we, we were seeing that, that the results for those tests and just the planning itself was taking a little bit longer than anyone really wanted to. So um, at that point, uh, by the time we could even put this project out to bid, it was going to be, uh, the end of December or the first part of January before any work could actually happen. And our concern is uh, the weather. Um, you know, this is outside work um, that would require some type of um, um, heating of some sort. It, it'd be kind of like a makeshift tent that we'd have to put up there. We'd have to figure out the heating piece of it, uh, either electrical, diesel, some type of fuel would have to be used for that heating. Uh, it just it increases uh, a lot of the challenges, and it can be done, but it it makes it really tough to to do that work uh, in the dead of winter in Iowa. So, at this point, we are finalizing uh, some of these documents that we need to be able to to put the project out to bid. Um, and uh, so, what we're looking at is in January. Um, uh, our intent is to, and, and there's a, a few steps we have to put in place too, just given the amount of uh, dollars this is gonna cost to fix. 
So we have to set a public hearing, uh, hold the public hearing, do the, the bidding of the project, which would take a, a few weeks for the, con the contractors to put their bid together, and then we'll actually award it through council. So those steps uh, will begin in January and probably run us through February uh, with anticipation of beginning construction in March and finishing it in March. Uh, once we get started on the project, it really won't take all that long, but it's just terrible timing on when all this hit. So unfortunately, the setup that you see right now will still be in place until early spring. It, it could be earlier in March if the weather kind of turns for us for a positive for us there in March. Awesome. Does Did anybody any, have any questions? Yeah, sorry if I got a little deep on that, but I, I thought I'd kind of explain sort of where we're at. Uh, if, it, if this was something planned, it, it really would have been a pretty simple uh, repair, but unfortunately, uh, just the timing on a lot of things did not work out so well for us. It's a really good example of why getting the senior center updates on the five-year CIP was really important because planning ahead for funding and mm -hmm. yes, the government process being transparent is, is a lengthy one, so. At, so we have some parking spaces that are set aside for senior center members at the parking ramp, correct? And that one fills up pretty, it's heavily used. Mm -hmm. So I think our concern sometimes was people getting here and not being able to park in the ramp and how many places that we have at this time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so when- Working to increase those numbers at some point, hopefully maybe once they open back up mm -hmm. the floors. Yeah, so when COVID hit, obviously our parking demand really, yeah. like everybody else, just went totally uh, nosedive. So we had lots of space for a lot of people. Um, it's starting to climb up again. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed that the ramp gets uh, full almost daily now. Again, between 9 and 10, it doesn't help that we're only at half half our capacity. Mm -hmm. um, and you got to keep in mind, um, a good chunk of that are permit holders that... Uh, that uh, have space in that ramp too. So it's it's really a challenge to, to balance that permit versus visitor parking. Uh, but yeah, we totally understand your guys' challenges too. Um, uh, but that 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. is, is definitely uh, a tricky time frame for, uh, for trying to park in that ramp. On the horizon, is there any um plans to add more parking garages to this immediate area at all? Or? We don't have any immediate plans for that. Uh, our newest ramp is down on Harrison Street, which opened in 2017. Um, um, it used to be we would try and build a ramp every five to 10 years. Um, looking forward from uh, the last few years forward, um, parking in general, it, kind of the industry itself, is looking at a lot of different options for uh, for helping people get around. It's kind of like what, what we've already talked about between transit, micro mobility, uh, you know, bike share, scooters, uh, Uber, Lyft, all those. Um, so there is uh, there's a lot of thought out there that parking will not look 
the same in 10, 20 years. Uh, the demand for parking a vehicle may not be there. Um, between all these avenues and uh, a lot of the younger generation are not even that interested in driving vehicles. Uh, my, a couple of my kids included. Um, but so it's kind of hard to say. Right now, there's no plans for uh, a new parking structure. Uh, <coughs> Um, in the immediate future that doesn't mean that we won't build one, build one and we'll always well I think we'll always need some type of parking but I think it's going to change a lot in the next five to ten years um, um, I, I really think if COVID hadn't hit you'd see uh, th there'd be a big difference even right now I mean we were really heading that way uh, there's a lot of um, those transportation network companies that were uh, I think um, reducing our permit demand in the last couple of years, and I think it's slowly coming back, you know, the, the use of those companies, I should say. Well, I think e even COVID maybe shifted us towards maybe a more teleworking community. Right. So maybe people won't even be coming downtown to have to park during the day, during the typical work day. So. Right, yeah, we had a lot of, well, I don't know about a lot, but we had folks that uh, did not renew their permits, canceled their permits because they were going to continue to work from, from home, mm -hmm. for sure. It's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's kind of it's kind of crazy. I mean, there's there's uh, parking structures that are being built out on the, um, the West Coast that are designed to be converted from parking ramps to uh, apartments or residential or some other use eventually so they 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 are designing them with the anticipation that the parking ramp will not be needed at some point in its 50-year life awesome yeah mark i have a question for you are most of the parking structures um in the downtown area correct for Iowa city yeah. most of them are in the downtown area yep. thought have you ever thought of collaborating with some of the Iowa City businesses that are on the bus routes to allow people to kind of park and then jump on the bus to get downtown? Like for example, like Pepperwood Plaza has a pretty big parking lot that may not be completely full or maybe some of the Hy-Vees or whatever other locations are on the bus routes. Um, I don't know if you guys have any relationships there, but it was just kind of an idea I was thinking of. Kind of like doing a little mini hawk lot and then yeah. busing people in. Like I don't know if you know if that would be an attractive service for seniors to park at a parking lot and then jump on the bus from there. But it is kind of a you know out of the box way to think a little bit. Yeah, it's a it's a great idea. We've you know we've talked and looked at some different park and ride locations. Uh, I, again, I, I think some of the thought is we'll get um, the new routes sort of settled and and uh, get a good sense for for um, uh, maybe where that demand would would be most used I guess but but we have looked at that uh, it, it is an interesting idea and I'm, I'm glad you're thinking about it but um, um, we have not started those conversations with any of those companies or locations, but uh, it's definitely something to look at for sure. Right. You know, we've we've uh, we've thought of the, the outskirts of town maybe as well for um, out of town folks that are commuting in. You sure. park your car mm -hmm. wherever, say the airport, and somehow we get you from the airport to downtown or something like that. Yeah, I just imagine it wouldn't be you know dozens and dozens of people. 
parking, but it would be impactful for the people that didn't want to park mm -hmm. and ride. All right. Does anybody have any more questions for either Kelly or Mark? Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. This has definitely been very informative. I hope people are watching at home and yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Awesome. So we're going to probably zip through the rest of it since we'd like to keep it to an hour. Um, operational overview is agenda item number six, and that's Latasha. Okay. Not too much to uh, update you all today. Um, we, um, I think um, our letter for donations has gone out. So if you're going to donate, feel free before the end of the year to go ahead and get those in so we can get our thank you notes out to everyone. We always appreciate that. It helps us operationally as well as our endowment, which also helps us operationally to continue to be able to uh, uh, recapture some dollars here for our budget. Um, uh, we have started a little bit of discussion about throwing a big outdoor party in the spring for Older Americans Month and, and some type of appreciation for either donors or or volunteers or somebody we're gonna we're gonna appreciate someone appreciate in the fall i mean in the spring <laughs> um so you know we love a good party here at the senior center and uh, and a, a festivity i'll say a festivity <laughs> um and so it, it gives us something to look forward to and, and for folks to look forward to so I started some preliminary discussion about that and so we'll i'll follow up with more of that um and also um i have a budget presentation presentation in January with all the other department heads to talk a little bit more about the senior center and a little bit more on our uh, capital improvement program so um, that's kind of a combination of a programming and building update we're down one boiler but we're working on that uh, we have to we only need one to function but uh, it's nice to have a, a second one that's working for us right now and well, that will be getting repaired uh, soon so um, did you want me to talk master plan or you just want to go into the next Piece. let's go ahead and zip through okay um as for the master plan um there will be uh, we ha i have invited uh, them to come to the next meeting so oh, great they will be coming to the next uh, uh commission meeting to uh, present to you all the uh, master plan so um please make sure you're here in january if you're gonna be here in january and if you're not gonna be here at the tables in january you could be in the audience because you've come this far with us on this might as well come and see what it's about so uh, that's about all that i have to update um today tonight all right thank you latasha mm -hmm. does anybody have any questions for latasha before we move on no i just, I just want to say you're awesome and you oh. do a great oh. job here and i'm so glad that you got selected for this job oh. well thank you very much I know you guys are, are this is your parting evening um, with us and so I have deep appreciation for you all hanging in there with a beginning senior center coordinator trying to figure it all out but being very supportive so thank you as well so much. So under num agenda item number seven is commission discussion um, and senior center master plan like Latasha says they'll be here at the next meeting to discuss and do a presentation. I know that's been a wild ride as we've <laughs> had an architectural firm, lost an architectural firm, had mm -hmm. to find another one, another 
primer in government processes um, yes. and figuring it out <laughs> as you go along. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, very much so. So the next agenda item is Board of Supervisors presentation, which Latasha and I attended on December Wednesday, December 3rd or 1st? One of those days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the beginning Wednesday. Yeah. And that went really well, other than this, you know, them not being able to project my Prezi and the slides not going the way I wanted them to. <laughs> it was it still was very fine. good. It was, it was very still good. good. Um, well received. Some great questions. Um, and Jeff Kelbach joined us uh, as mm -hmm. backup. Uh, the next, so does anybody have any questions about that? Otherwise not, I'm zipping through. Okay. Um, so the next item is nomination for chair, vice chair, and secretary. And we had a nomination committee assembled, and we were going to meet yesterday. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, derecho part two decided to rear uh, its head. And so we canceled, and we weren't able to meet before this meeting. So we're just going to postpone nominations until next month. Uh, we had discussed two of the three um, places and we thought we had you know and then Linda's not here either so <laughs> we're just going to postpone that next item is commissioners report of community correspondence this is always on the agenda just in case we come up with something at towards the end that we've kind of mildly brought up that we wanted to discuss in more detail because it's not on the agenda we can just make announcements or start talking about something we cannot have discussion about the items but so for me, I would like to just bring up the fact that we're losing Zach and Lorraine, who I've known since I started here on the commission, um, and we've all volunteered for this commission together, and I really appreciate everything you guys have done, and you've been consistent. And I'm gonna, I appreciate that Lorraine moved second on the minutes because she was our minutes guru, checking them every month, and now we've lost you, I don't know. Somebody's gonna have to take the magnifying glass to the minutes now. <laughs> So thank you so much for being, for riding with me to meetings quite often too. It's very pleasant. And Zach, you know, yeah. you're awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much for being a part of this. You've it's always shown up and you bring the male voice to this female <laughs> crew. The uh, not trying to be gender, you know. Yeah. We got a lot of, uh, a lot of paperwork done in my timeline here. A lot of groundwork done of things that can go in the future so yeah thank you so much a lot of rules pushed through so and you know you are you could serve another three-year term so if you get bored and there's still vacancies you know you can reapply i know you've could. been encouraging other people to apply could. Could. <laughs> that we'll, is we'll see if the other people apply first i mean if they do they'd be they'd be wonderful awesome. people to be part of it in iowa city local types so and we are getting one new commissioner next month. Mm -hmm. Who's that? Can you talk about it? Oh, yeah. His name is Doug Cordy. He's actually here in the audience. Oh. I didn't know. <laughs> I was like, we you want to say hi? We invited him to come to this yeah. one to kind of catch up where we are. But, yeah, he'll be joining us in January. Well, thank you for coming today and listening. Anybody else have anything they'd like to report? No? No? Nothing. Okay, so do we have any other future agenda items? I know next month I think is going to be pretty full with the presentation, and we try to keep this to a reasonable amount of time. So <laughs> maybe nothing else on the agenda. That's, but if you have any 
um, items you want to add, you can email me or, or Kristen. Get that on. Anything else anybody want to say? Anybody from the audience wants to say anything? No? Oh my goodness. Well, uh -huh. there's nothing else. I'm going to adjourn this meeting at 5.06 p.m.